Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advanced Media and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today we're going to discuss the Eagles' kind of minor move at the deadline. Um, We'll recap a little bit of the Lions game, even though we kind of figured the results wouldn't be as overwhelming as, you know, a normal win would be. And then also we'll get into the Chargers matchup that's taking place this Sunday at the link. Can the Eagles get their first win at home this season? But before we do that... Chris, how you doing? Hey, buddy. I'm doing all right, man. Uh, doing well. How about yourself? You know, I'm here. Uh, you know, I'm here. <laughs> um, so we should get into, you know, kind of the Detroit thing. We didn't do a preview podcast. We didn't really do a follow-up podcast because, to me, we were doing a lot of traveling um, every time we go through security or we get stopped with our microphones. We just figured we'd sit through <laughs> the trade deadline. If anything happens, then we would record a pod. Something happened, but I, I don't know if it was worth rushing to the podcast. So what we wanted to do is kind of mishmash everything together. Um, let's really quickly uh, recap the Lions game. If you've been living under a rock, the Eagles discovered the running game with Miles Sanders' sideline, used Boston Scott and Jordan Howard to crush the Spirits of the Detroit Lions. Uh, the offensive line played extremely well. Uh, the defense also played pretty well, almost pitched a shutout uh, until a garbage time touchdown by Jared Goff uh, later on in the game. They finished 44 to six. Everybody was hunky dory. Nick Sirianni was all smiles, uh, went out of his way to be cheery this week. Uh, Jonathan Gannon had a pretty nice press conference. All the players had fun anecdotes to say. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, about as good of a week as you could possibly have outside of week one, I guess, from a feeling standpoint. Then again, I also don't get the vibe that Eagles fans are buying into it, that the Eagles are quote unquote fixed. Chris, give me your quick thoughts on the Detroit Lions uh 
blowout. Well, I think they went a far way to try to develop their identity. I know everybody says, well, it's the Lions. They're probably one of the worst teams that's been assembled in a long time. But I thought that that was the kind of game this team needed in order to try try to find who they really were. And you saw that they developed that with the run game. Lo and behold, you know that that thing that you can do when you just hand the ball off? It's like the Eagles, they stuck with it. I mean, Nick Sirianni said he wanted to keep – he wanted to have five of his seven first plays be running running plays, and lo and behold, it worked out. And I think it was very important for that offensive line, especially too. He said he, he relied on Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. Those guys were telling him to keep the ball – Keep the ball on the ground, and he listened. And we saw what happened. I mean, even with my, without Miles Sanders, Boston Scott did very well, and Jordan Howard came up elevated from the practice squad. Did very well with that. I think defensively, uh, it was a very a more aggressive Jonathan Gannon, which was nice to see. I mean, we saw we saw a couple. Uh, we saw the double A gap blitz finally. You saw that. We saw safety blitzes, and they they brought different looks and different pressures and. I think that was a nice way to build on, especially if they're trying to build toward, especially with this back end of the schedule and they're trying to build something toward this future. That's the type of game where you can start to turn things around and really try to find yourself and become that aggressive team that the players have been clamoring for. So overall, it was a nice win, even though a lot of people say it was just the Lions. Yeah, I mean, I look, I think it's something you can build off of with a young team clearly they were not sellers at the trade deadline they actually turned out to be buyers but they bought the right way before we get into that let's talk a little bit about young Fletcher Cox or I guess middle-aged in the NFL Fletcher Cox um here's what I was hearing before the trade deadline the Eagles were definitely willing to trade trade him uh there's reports that they were aggressive in trading him I don't that was not what I was told I was told that they were considering trading him. Um, they did get some calls. There were a couple of AFC teams that were very, very interested. Uh, at one point, late in the afternoon, it seemed like something was going to get done. Uh, it did not. Fletcher uh, was happy to be here. They're staying together. Um, I also broke earlier on the day before the trade ha- uh, trade deadline passed the Eagles were not going to trade Andre Dillard away for nothing. Um, my understanding was there were quite a few offensive tackling teams that did reach out, gauge some interest, but no one met the price that the Eagles wanted. I was told uh, with Fletcher Cox, the asking price was a second round pick, at least, at least a second round pick. Um, with Andre Dillard, I would imagine based on the conversations that I had, he could have been dealt for a third round pick. I don't think his value was right there, especially at the trade deadline. So that being said, the Eagles stayed put with their current roster for the most part. Uh, we'll get into the big roster move that they made on Wednesday or the notable roster move they made on Wednesday. They then at like literally Chris, Chris and I had a, Hey, the Eagles, Stay put at the deadline thing. We waited 10 <laughs> minutes. I told Chris, wait 10 minutes. He posts it. 412, there's a report uh, that they had traded a 2022 sixth round pick to uh, the Denver Broncos for Kerry Vincent Jr. Uh, he was a contributor on LSU's 2019 national championship team, opted out last year due to COVID. Um 
kind of a safety cornerback hybrid. He's very fast. He was a sprinter in college and in high school. Probably best fit for dime and nickel packages. Um, what did you, what was your takeaway? Oh, before I get to that point, before you, the reason why this made sense is they traded for a guy who has three years left on his contract after this season. He's sub 25. And by the way, you've got 11 draft picks already. At the time, the Eagles had five picks between the sixth and fifth rounds. Uh, there's a condition on this trade that the uh, Broncos will get whichever sixth round pick ends up being the lowest of the two sixth round picks that they own. They currently have um, a sixth round pick from the Colts. That they swapped uh, with Matt Pryor and a seventh round pick uh, during final cuts. They also have a sixth round pick from the Jets that they got for Joe Flacco. Now that sixth round pick is actually originally from the Buccaneers, but there's a condition on that pick that if Joe Flacco plays a certain amount of time, it can become a fifth round pick. So for right now, the Colts pick is being sent to uh, like from a like a, a like a um, an inventory standpoint, the Colts pick is being sent to the Broncos as of right now. Chris, <laughs> now that I've got the convoluted thing out of the way, what was your take on the trade? Well, you explained that sound like that scene in basketball where Al Michaels and Bob Costas are trying to discuss the playoff scenarios. That was just, that was just crazy. But at the trade, I can see what they're trying to do. I mean. When you look at the way, look at when you look at the secondary for the future. I mean, Ronnie McLeod's getting up there in age. You have Anthony Harris, who is about who's on a one year deal. Steve Nelson is a free agent to be. Avanti Maddox is uncertain. He's playing well, so the price tag might be going up, and somebody might offer him a a, a deal that the Eagles won't be willing to match. So they they have to. What it looks like they're doing is trying to stock have insurance to stockpile all these corners to protect them. I mean, I think. I, I like the versatility that Vincent brings. I think when you look at the speed that a lot, a lot of teams seem to be going with a lot of speed and downfield when it comes to these sweeps and when it comes to just, but not just clearing routes out, but just basically trying to chuck the ball downfield, I think it's whatever speed you can get, especially at that position, is beneficial. But now when you look, you have – I don't know what the Eagles have seen – uh, Vic Vangio has been talking to the Eagles saying, hey, I got to look at these cornerbacks and collected. But now you have Vincent from the Broncos. You got Mac McCain now, who they picked up off the, off the Broncos uh, practice squad. There's so much like they're really going with this youth movement. And then you had Tay Gowan, who you got from the Zach Ertz trade. They're really trying to protect themselves and insulate themselves in case they lose Maddox and or Nelson. So, I mean, I, I for what they had to give up, is worth taking a flyer on. I mean, they, they already had enough picks as well, too. But then you got to figure with all those draft picks coming in, do they figure a lot of these uh, uh, potential draft picks they have? Do you figure that a lot of these guys aren't going to be able to sign or just going to be heavy turnover? And then you got to think down the line with the cap implications. So I'm okay, especially if it's the lowest, lowest of the six-round pick. I mean, it's, it's worth taking a shot and hopefully Vincent uh, develops into a player. Yeah, and, you know, you bring up – McCain, you bring up Gallon, then there's Vincent. All three of those guys took off the COVID year. So I think their logic is, hey, these guys probably would have gone in the third, fourth, fifth round had they played an extra year in college. They are fresh. Their legs are fresh. They haven't played in a while. 
but they can take in a year of coaching, even if they're not really playing, and maybe that helps them. And next year's really their rookie deal, but they have the benefit of really experiencing what the NFL is all about. They've now been exposed to multiple systems, Gowan with the Cardinals, Mac McCain and Vincent with the Broncos. Um, look, they cut Brett Toth in order to keep Mac McCain. We were convinced Mac McCain was going to be the guy that was cut for Vincent. They clearly like all these corners. And now you have four rookie corners on this team. Zach McPherson, the fourth round pick. Uh, Mac McCain, who was an undrafted free agent, who they signed week one off the Broncos practice squad. They were clearly paying attention to the Broncos preseason games. Um, Vincent was the seventh round pick. Yes, they traded a higher pick without seeing him in the regular season, but they clearly like what they saw in the preseason. Um, and then you got Tay Gowan, who in my opinion is really impressive physically. Like you can see on the practice field, this dude's really, really long. He's very good with his arms. Uh, he had a pass breakup against the Lions in garbage time. Uh, looks really fast and fluid. Uh, he could be a real legitimate player. He skipped the COVID year because he's a young daughter who I believe was born premature uh, or has an illness. I, I, I'm trying, I don't remember which. Um, you wrote about it, Chris. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think it doesn't, it, 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 they're, lottery, they're human lottery tickets, right? If two of those guys hit, you're in good shape and you haven't invested a second or third round pick in them. Um, I think Darius Slay is going to be here at least next year. I think he's played extremely well. I think Avante Maddox is a guy that they're probably wanting to resign, but with the nickel cornerback group, those contracts are all over the place. You probably want the market to set itself. Um, with Steven Nelson, like, I really like what he's done. Maybe he resigns to another one year deal. But then there's the chance that they put Zach McPherson on the field and they like what they see or Tay Gowan emerges. Um, they have, they also have uh, Andre Cheshire and uh, uh, who's been a special teams ace, who's been the best gunner on the team. And then they have Josiah Scott, who they really like, who could be the the fallback plan if they can't re-sign Avante Maddox. So they have nine corners. That's a lot of corners. <laughs> I did a breakdown of the team right now. As of now, they haven't made a 53rd roster move. Um, I'll get into why they're at 52 in a second. But right now, their roster has 20 defensive players, three special teams players, and 21 offensive players. Like, that's wild, especially for an Eagles team that is so offensive forward. Um so yeah, like that's that's wild. So they, they have uh, a lot of corners, uh, and they only really have, you know, they have the the three, they have the four safeties. Anthony Harris is coming back from thumb and groin injuries. Uh, they've got Roddy McLeod, Kevin Wallace just came back. Marcus Epps playing well. So their secondary is stocked. Um, and what's crazy is. They ended final cuts, I believe, with just four corners. I think it was just <laughs> Darius Slay, Nelson, Maddox, and McPherson. And since then, they claimed Cheshire off waivers. They uh, signed Mac McCain off the practice squad. They traded, uh, and then they traded for these other corners. I mean, it's crazy. And Josiah Scott was on IR. So, um, wild stuff. But let's get into, like, kind of maybe the most controversial thing of, of the week for the Eagles, at least. Well, yeah, obviously for the Eagles this week. Um, so they cut Eric Wilson. Uh, Eric Wilson was 
effectively benched for the game against Detroit. Um, TJ Edwards is now the main middle linebacker. That worked out pretty well. He had 13 tackles, two for a loss, and a QB hit against the Lions. Played very, very well. So did Davian Taylor, actually. Um, Eric Wilson, who is supposed to be known for his coverage ability, was horrific against the pass and the run. Um, Nick Sirianni explained Monday that... Uh, it, it, the benching was about roles. They said, or he said that uh, TJ Edwards and Davian Taylor were going to play a lot and start. Uh, Alex Singleton was going to have a role on third down. Um, and then they needed somebody who could play special teams and Sean Bradley's leading the team and special teams tackle. So uh, that's how they justified benching Eric Wilson. Uh, to me, I immediately called it out. I'm like, this guy's going to be cut within the week. Um, they clearly tried to trade him at the deadline, got no takers. I wonder why. Uh, and then he was <laughs> waived uh, on Wednesday because all veterans, vested veterans, are now subject to waivers past the trade deadline. They gave him a partially guaranteed $2.75 million contract. If it, his contract gets claimed... Uh, good golly, Miss Molly, they're off the hook. So that was the thought process there. Um, alas, poor Eric Wilson, we didn't know him well. I, th- You know, look, I thought he was going to be solid because of his uh, background with Nick Rouse, the linebackers coach, and then obviously the similarities and in- systems between Mike Zimmer and uh, Jonathan Gannon. But, man, he might have been worse than Nate Gary. I, I-, I don't know. I mean, I... <laughs> Uh, rough stuff, but like on top of that too, look, it seems like the Eagles try all these linebackers and they never work out. Not only do they not pay them, they just don't work out. They cut J, uh, LJ Fort to retain a condition, uh, uh, a comp pick. They cut Zach Brown because he was hating on Kirk Cousins and he's not very good. Um, Jatavis Brown retired because he probably saw what was happening on last year's team was like, peace, I'm out. Uh, And now you've got (laughs) Eric Wilson. So uh, what's your thoughts on Eric Wilson being cut um, and and the linebacker group in general? Well, I thought overall, I thought when you looked at him, when they signed him, it's like, all right, this makes sense. I thought he, with his speed and his athletic ability, I thought, especially if we were going to see some of those, Zimmer-like blitz styles, he would be great because of his speed and his athleticism. And then if they're going to run that inverted cover two where he covers the middle of the field, he'd be great at it because he's got the speed once again to go cover it. And it just was rough. It was rough to watch at times. I mean, he was a nice guy. He had that positive vibe around him. We'd be putting the billboards up around the city and, and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it comes down to what you're able to produce on the field. And he just wasn't able to do it. And I probably, probably about Four or five years, the Eagles should have probably made the move to switch to Edwards about four or five games ago because he, Edwards to me has been good. The question when it comes to Edwards is his coverage ability. And he's, from what I've seen so far, granted it was the Lions last week and the other, and a couple other things, he has, he still is not that bad. He's, he's still all right as a cover guy and he'll, he'll be able to get to you play like that, the hook part of the, of the zone or, or scene part of his own. I'm okay with him, especially early in the first or second down. And, He's he does a great job diagnosing diagnosing the runs. He's a short tackler, and that was another thing that Eric Wilson did that was really tough. I think he had seven missed tackles. It, 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 you know, Edwards, you're going to get a, a short tackler, and then when you look at Davion Taylor now, you get more 
he's starting to seem to get more and more in flow, catching the game a little bit more as well, too. He's running and diagnosing the plays a lot better now, too. So you get more snaps with those guys. Now, all of a sudden, you have at least two homegrown linebackers instead of reach going out and trying to sign these guys. You have two homegrown linebackers in your system now that could potentially, you know, shore up that shore up that position for at least a year or two. So I'm really looking forward to see what Taylor is able to do, what Edwards do. And you mentioned Bradley earlier, if he, he saw a little bit more towards the second half, he saw a little bit more run as well, too. And he played the run well. So I'm really looking forward to see what these long, young linebackers, how they progress with this new opportunity they have for the rest of the season. And their first opportunity, well, their second opportunity, I guess you could say, is the, is the Chargers. So... Um, let's kind of get into them. Uh, Rashawn Slater, their first round pick has been absolutely tremendous at left tackle. I'm almost going to say, why don't you put Ryan Kerrigan on him all day so you can just waste him and then have Josh Sweat (laughs) and Derek Barnett. Like what? I mean, I think that's a logical way of doing things. Um, you know, uh, they, they've got a decent offensive line. Justin Herbert's obviously very, very good. He was limited Wednesday with a, a right hand injury, which is his throwing hand. Uh, and it's about to be cold. And that's got me kind of being like, uh, maybe the Eagles pull this off. Um, it, it, you know, wide receiver, they've got Mike Williams, who's a good deep threat slash uh, jump ball player, who I think is probably going to draw Steven Nelson. Um, and then you've got, obviously, Keenan Allen, who I think is the most underrated player in the entire league. He's clearly going to draw uh, Darius Slay, if they decide to move him around, I would think that they would, mainly because Keenan Allen plays so much in the slot. Uh, though they trust Avante Maddox. Um, and I think either way, the Eagles won't allow him to have a great game. And now, Austin Eckler is a guy who is kind of scary for this team. They've got to be able to tackle in the flat, they've got to be able to uh, prevent yak. Uh, but they did that against the Lions and DeAndre Swift. So uh, that's a good sign. On offense, the Eagles need to run the ball. This is a really poor run defense, but it's by design as Brendan Staley kind of is like Jonathan Ginn where he wants you to kind of run on them because he'd rather have that than than deep passes. Uh, their cornerback group is fine. Um But Derwin James, their safety is incredible. So is Joey Bosa, their pass rusher. It's going to be really interesting to see what the Eagles dial up for this team. Uh, I expect a lot of screens, a lot of runs, um, a lot of under center stuff. What do you got, Chris? Well, I'll start with this one, too. I remember it must have been a bruise, but when I was playing in Cecil County, I got basically my hand. It was early in the season. We were playing spring ball, so we were playing in March. We were playing in March, and it was just a practice. And – and the cold, that thing really, really hurts. I mean, it's tough when you get when you gripping the ball. It was it was I hurt basically my non-throwing hand, but you still feel it. So when you're trying to protect the ball when you're in the pocket and you got all those arms going around you, this could be a really this is one of those games where you need a defensive line to just get hits. Just hit them. If you get to them, that's great. Even better if you get a sack. But you just need to keep hitting them, especially on that hand. Because if I'll tell you right now, he's gonna feel it. You can numb it up as much as you can, but he's going to feel that. And the more and more hits you get, there's more chance you get the, the fumbles and more turnovers, more chances to score the ball. So I think that's going to be one of the key things when it comes to the Eagles on that aspect. You brought up the Eckler and the yards after catch, and that's the main thing as well, too. He's a tough guy to bring down. You you, you can't – and they 
the one thing that you used to see with the Eagles, or you see before the Lions game, was they would like to tackle up high. They can't do this against Eckler because Eckler's going to shake them off, and then you're, they're going to be defenders will be looking at them 10, 15 yards down the field. They cannot tackle high in this game, or to try to launch them, so launch a shoulder and think you're going to get them down that way. They have to actually wrap up on this one. Offensively, this you got Joey Bosa going on the other side of the ball. I, this is one of the games where you want to run at him, wear him down early. And I think personally, when it comes to the game plan, it's going to be one of those things where, and you're going to love this because it's weather related, <laughs> but uh, there's that storm that's supposed to be coming. It's supposed to be a little bit, it could be a little bit breezier or windier. So it can really, really affect this game. And it may force the Eagles to run the ball a little bit more. So that, I mean, especially against a defense that's given up more than 150, I want to say like 150 yards a game on the uh, on the ground, this is tailor-made for them. They show success they can move the ball that way, but it's, it's, it's one of the things where Sirianni, if it doesn't work early, Sirianni has to stick with the run because I think he can wear this team down. But overall, I think I'm, after saying all that, personally, I think the Chargers are still going to win this game because since 2010, they have not lost to an NFC East team on the road. I think there's something like five and zero in that span, so I think there's, there's there's something about that about the Chargers when they come east, even if it's Dallas, but when they come to the East Coast playing the Giants in Washington, whatever it is, they have the right answers to it. But I think I have the uh, Chargers winning twenty to seventeen. You know what? I've gone back and forth with this. I think it's going to be an extremely tight game. Um, I'm going to go twenty four twenty three Eagles. Here's wow, why. Okay. Here's okay. why. I do think the Eagles will run the ball more frequently, and more importantly, I think the play action will uh, fake will play action plays will work a little bit better, even if they don't, just because of what they showed in Detroit. I think defensively, they will, you know, blitz as much as they probably did against Detroit. I like what they did early on, especially uh, with Marcus Epps on that first drive, setting the tone. They just need to be physical, and I think that's going to be very intriguing uh, against a team like the Chargers, who's coming from the West Coast. Yes, it's a 4 o'clock game. Uh, I think the link will be a little bit more hyped because the Eagles are coming off a win. Um, and look, I don't th- I think that the, the Chargers are a finesse team similar to the Eagles, and I think when you get finesse versus finesse in cold weather, the team that's been preparing in that cold weather is typically going to benefit. Um, I like the vibe of the practices this week, to be honest with you. Uh, there's something about it. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm just drinking the Lions Kool-Aid. Maybe it's because, by the way, I should say this, because I ragged on Detroit for like three weeks. Detroit might have been my favorite trip with Chris that we've had. Like Vegas was really <laughs> Vegas was really fun. Vegas was very fun. Atlanta was great. Atlanta was the bonding experience that we were looking for. But the lie Detroit was like chill. We like walked around Detroit. We went to Captain Jay's. Oh yeah. Where we were undercover cop look like undercover cops there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, the food was great. Sprinkle a little bit of it. Um, uh, we had a really great barbecue experience, uh, at this yeah. barbecue place that we kind of like stumbled upon in Greek town. Um, yeah. we, we yeah. got Buffalo wild wings. And if you know me very well, there's like only three things I really like to go out of my way to eat Greek salad, tacos, and <laughs> or Greek salad, tacos, and chicken farm. 
Uh, and then my fourth, where I can be versatile, it's the one place that I can be versatile, no matter where it is, wings. So, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I guess those are the four things that, like, I mainly eat. But anyway, my I need to change my diet. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it was fun. The flight was, wasn't really a hassle. Um, I got to read my Dave Grohl book. You know, things were good. I, I should give shouts to Detroit. They're down to, we went to a Pistons game. I thought the Little Caesars Arena was pretty cool. It's also yeah. where the, the Red Wings play. Um, saw Kate Cunningham, too, his first yeah, game. Yeah, was was his, yeah it was, you know, it was a, it was a it was grand old time. time, as they say. But anyway, yeah, Eagles 24, Chargers 23. Um, Detroit's a fine place. Also really cheap travel. <laughs> Um, I, I do have to shout out Chris for being the only person I know who adores talking to Uber drivers. Oh, um, no, not this story. I won't tell the whole story. I'll save it. I tell you what, if the Eagles win, I will tell you the entire story. Uh, I'll Deal. treat you to that. Deal? Um, All right. So for Chris. Oh, yeah. So I, I totally forgot about the plugs. Oh, man. Okay. So Eagles Extra nj.com slash text you'll get breaking news sent to your phone before it even hits social media you'll get all the exclusive information that i i shared here today on the podcast before it hits the airways about fletcher cox and and uh andre dillard that all went to eagles extra several several minutes before it was uh published or reported on social media or online. Uh, Chris and I are going to start doing our draft breakdowns and mock drafts. Um, We're going to be focusing heavily, obviously, on the first round. Um, You'll get exclusive analysis from both of us in the middle of the game. You can text us your questions, and we'll get back to you. We'll respond straight to your phone. Also, make sure to download the No Huddle Show, uh, download and subscribe, excuse me, the No Huddle Show podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Chris and I love your feedback. We love your, your ratings, even the negative ones, but don't send those because, you know... Every time somebody sends a negative rating, somebody in Detroit gets lost. Um, Jeez. <laughs> wow. Well, we got lost. I couldn't find where that Buffalo Wild Wings was. We we aimlessly got oh, lost yeah. downtown uh, trying to find food. And it was a cool well, downtown area. Too. Like, it, was, it was fun scenery, but like I had no idea where the hell we were at one point. People get lost. Um, the alleyway that we were coming out of Ford Field too. That was a fun. Uh, yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't figure out where we were, and then we stopped in like in like a, a weird section right before the casino, where it was like, do we turn left? Do we turn right? How did like? Anyway, it was a confusing city. But the point is, you should go to Detroit, have fun. It's very cheap uh, to get there. Very good casinos. Um, anyway, for Chris, I'm Mike. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, guys, it's Chris. Just want to give you guys an update on some news that we talked about earlier in the podcast. On Thursday afternoon, the Houston Texans claimed Eric Wilson off of waivers. So the Texans are going to take that contract that the Eagles have. And Eric Wilson is now a Texan. And the Eagles will move on with Davion Taylor, Sean Bradley, and the rest of the linebackers. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. <laughs>